Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I got some ASMR from a lip gloss. A ventriloquist dummy does ASMR. Is that what this? Your mouth isn't even moving. What are you talking about? I gotta say, without my glasses on, it's very easy to create magic for me because I go, what? Like, you brought something at all and you're like, we'll feed your glass and you'd see a little bit. 
Who knows? I'll send your reel into Nickelodeon with that. A dream. If I could just get a job where I can make weird noises, I'd be 100% down. Holy artist. Yeah, but then you have to There's figure a lot out. Of I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to figure things out. No, no I just want to, you know, have one of those like weird characters in the background that just like makes noises, like additional voices. That yeah, you want to be jump. like a sock puppet yeah. in the background. Mm-hmm. Additional voices. Yeah, I I understand. It's very hard to get into voice acting though. It is. You've got a couple ends. Welcome to another episode of. But am I wrong? And guess who we are, besides the lovely Megan and Melissa? We are two people who are not wrong ever, ever in life. It's a phenomenon. They're studying it. Yale School of Medicine. They're like George Hop- George Hopkins. John. <laughs> Who's George? <laughs> George is like the, I was the not brother. the golden child. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I'm finally getting recognition. You know what? Recognition for George Hopkins. <laughs> Come on, Georgie. You're overlooked constantly. <sighs> George Santos is like, that used to be my name, you know? You know, and then I decided to pivot. And then I started doing method acting. (laughs) And it's like, you know what? I need everyone to stop method acting. Oh my gosh. That could be a hot take for a different episode. Well, welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, let us tell you a little bit about it. So we have not ever been wrong. So we thought it is our duty to make a podcast where we help people who are wrong and have been wrong. Or they're not sure. Or they're not sure. We're here to tell them, like, you know, if you've ever seen The the Good Place. What's her name? Uh, Maya Rudolph. There you go. So in The Good Place, she's uh-huh. the judge who's like the the judge of the judges, like the end mm-hmm. all be all ruling. And we also have that gift, except it's not fictional. It's like completely real. So it is our duty, civic duty and uh, universal duty to tell you, help you out, let you know if you are wrong or not. So... Well, speaking of Maya Rudolph, never mind. You don't have the streaming platform. Which one don't I have? Apple, Apple TV. TV. Yep. See? I don't have that one. Her show, Loot. Good show you can put on just like a good feel good show. I'm not in the market to get any new streaming platforms right now. But if yeah. I do, well, I'd watch that. Well, you shouldn't because you're going to have a while to, for it to return because the picketer showed up at the set oh it's on right now yeah i won't watch it yeah yeah the picker showed up to the set and then they retreated people were like she they retreated to their trailers it's like no they didn't cross cross the the picket line and i'm sure they were prepared they were just waiting for people to show up she's like hello you're late (laughs) try not not trying to do i'm trying to make it guam Hurry on up. Like, I I had no intent. I am not mentally prepared to work today. Like, I had no plans. I'm just going through the motions. That's actually a pretty good Maya Rudolph impression. (laughs) Because that's how she talks. Without a doubt. No, I love her. She's one of my favorites. Me too. She's great. I love big actors who you believe their performances. Mm -hmm. I say the same thing with um, Anna Faris. I still believe it. Like, I still buy it. Yeah. We had a whole conversation about this when we recorded last time for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You know? I'm just here to bring things full circle. So I guess more about this podcast. We have three different segments and we will get into explaining each of them before we hop in to each of them. But all you really need to know, we hold the answers. Oh, And we've been off for a bit. We did two back-to-back episodes of But Am I Watching? And we're glad that you all enjoyed that. That was really fun for us. We're going to keep implementing that when we need the levity. I think we should... Int- 
implement it the week after this. I think that'd be fun. Let's do it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about lots of different things and we are going to be voting right now. If we think you're wrong, we think this person's wrong. We think this person is not wrong, blah, 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 blah. But then we open it up to you. So we post polls on our Instagram stories about each segment. We talk about each instance and you can vote if you think that the writer was wrong, if you think we are wrong, if you think that who we nominate for the our wrong of the week, if they're wrong. And then we read the results on Friday, which is fisting Friday. So it won't be tomorrow. Tomorrow you will hear the results from Marvelous Miss Maisel episode. And then the votes for this will be out within before Monday or on Monday. So you got to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. All right, Megan. Are you ready? I'm ready to party. (laughs) I'm in a Maya Rudolph mood now. That's not Maya Rudolph. No, but she's in the movie. Yeah, she is. And you know what I appreciate most about that movie? Is that they were like, it's a good movie. We don't need a sequel. Because they were trying to force them to do a sequel. Once you shit in the street, I don't want to know how you up the ante from there. Yeah. That's how we got the rest of the Hangover movies. And the first one already gave me so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. Good screenplay to read, though. If you're an aspiring writer... And with that, I will segue into, but am I wrong? And that's where we present something from our lives that could be a situation that we may be wrong in. It could be a rant and present it to each other. And then later y'all will vote for it, as Megan said. Mine is a rant. (gasps) We love a rant. It has, it's not, you know, a hot take because people should have this take. Yep, no doubt. And as I said, it's a segue. So I'm going to talk about the writer's strike. Yes. So if you don't know, WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is on strike right now. And what that means is that any writer for a TV production, they're not writing. They're on strike. They vote it. Strike is done. It's going through. And I have a gripe with so many people from different angles. So first, I'm going to start with people that feel like writers make too much money as it is. The everyday like staff writer does not make a lot of money. Even like if you're on some of these streaming platforms, the showrunners don't make a lot of money. If you don't know what the showrunner is, the showrunner is the head writer, but they're also in charge of production. So like a top showrunner is like Shonda Rhimes. I'll get to that later. But like, right, they don't make a living wage. It's a problem. The, a couple of weeks ago, I had some people over my house and there was like a writer that's on that a writer that sold a ton of shows and then but she's never had anything on air. Mm-hmm. And then another writer that has been a showrunner for a show and has written on some very, very prominent shows. And, you know, like I live in a, in a nice house, but it's not like a mansion or anything. But they were just like, I can't afford something like this. And I and I was listening to them talk. And this was before the strike. And I didn't understand just like how little money yeah. that they made. And I was just like, like they have the job that I want. Mm-hmm. And this is how much money that they make. Yep. And as they they were explaining things to me, I was just like what the fuck like seriously what the actual fuck there's no logic behind there's, it. it's like blatantly screwing people over mm-hmm. and like it's a 
allowed. Yes. It's re- it's, it's like there's allowed. no denying it. There's it's super there's so many like levels to this. Like yeah. there's a thing called like the uh, which is a new thing that popped up so that streamers don't have to pay the writers called like mini rooms where they bring people in that have some type of caliber where they can be like a staff level writer or they're somebody that's pre WGA that has worked on some things, but has has never joined the WGA, but have like good, like sizable credits to the point where they trust them enough to pitch ideas for a TV show, but then usually don't hire them for the, they'll hire them in a consulting role for the, for the, uh, Yes, for they'll hire them in a consulting role in as a uh, consultant in these mini rooms with a day rate that is like it's a, a chunk of money, but in the large scheme of things is not a lot of money at all. And then not bring them onto the show as writers and not give them writing credits or producing credits. Also, just not they don't get credit, mm-hmm. don't get credit at all to the point where you know, we have so much content now, the seasons for shows have gotten smaller. And so what what that means is that a lot of times we have like eight, nine episode shows where by the time the show actually goes into production, the writers aren't being asked to come to set. And so in case you don't know this, writers are also producers on shows. And so... When you come on set, you learn how to be a producer and eventually so you can move up to be a showrunner, which is the goal of most writers. Yeah. And so because the seasons are so short, they're not being asked. They're not it's not being budgeted for them to come on set. If they want to come, they can, but they have to pay their own way and they're not there as a writer. And again, they're not there. They would be there just to watch and not get paid. And if that happens, then okay. So they're basically being interns for the day, shadowing. But because like you're looking for your next paycheck, a lot of them have already moved on to the next show. And so they're a staff writer on that next show, but again, not getting any production credits. So they just stay at that base level and they're not able to move up. There's many things that are, in like this writers, why it's striking, like AI is a part of it. Some of the studios are like, well, we don't really need writers. We can just have AI bots generate ideas and write. And then like the showrunners can rewrite it. And it's like, no, (laughs) this is a creative industry. Like a, a robot cannot replace. I saw somebody's strike sign that said like, Chat CP. I never know what the fucking CPT, whatever it is. Chat Chat GPT. GPT doesn't have trauma or something like oh, that. Do you see the one chat GPT cannot write Tariq's rap? Yes. That from was, Quinta. Yep. Of course I saw that. But there's a lot of things that are in this. Like a lot of people just don't, they see that their favorite shows aren't coming on back or like see writers striking and think that everybody is making so much money and they're literally not. And then I've seen people yell at, not yell, but like, talk bad to people that work in animation because a lot of the animated shows are still writing. And I'm like, animators are not in the same guild. It's a different guild. And also they have it worse. Like they make even less money. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen people like trying to hold, and maybe it's because 
these are like my shows that I watch, but I watch a lot of shows and I haven't seen people jump on to black women showrunners in the same way that they've done it to Quinta, fix it. Quinta and Shonda. Oh, and God. Shonda's like, haven't I done enough for <laughs> all of you? So Shonda, like, was talking about on one of these morning shows, like how she has also like people were like, why can't you fix it? Why aren't you paying your writers enough? Showrunners do not pay the writers money. Showrunners are still they're the boss of the show, but they're not the boss of the network. They're not writing checks to writers. It is the network. Do not put this on the showrunners of the shows. If if you don't know what you're talking about, just like read an art. There's plenty of articles out there. Read an article to educate yourself when it comes to anything. Anything you want to speak on, read an article about it, but it does not fall on the shoulders of the showrunners and stop like calling people out when you don't know what you're calling them out on. Because a lot of times it's not true. Yeah. And like, I don't think a lot of people understand that it's like nothing illegal is happening. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Like they're just streaming's not written in. And like, I can say that from like an acting perspective too. Like streaming's not written in. Like Uh I don't get residuals for anything I've done on streaming. For my movie, The Honor List, like I was devastated when we didn't get like we didn't get on Netflix and like they were all like, no, no, we're not going to we're not starting to pitch. And I was like, can we not put it like pitch it to Netflix? They're like, no, we're not pitching it like and I get residuals from my movie because the movie wasn't sold on like it's on different. I mean, it's not on Netflix in the US right now. I think it's in different places in Mm -hmm. Hulu, Netflix, whatever. But it airs on different TV channels. It's got that. It's like I actually get residuals from it. it is the only one of the only things I get residuals from and so like there can be other things that you've done that are streaming I've done streaming things that have then gotten sold on networks but I I was on a streaming deal so like Mm -hmm. I don't get residuals for those things playing again even if they are being played off of a streaming platform and they're on tv and so like it's the issue like the reason why anyone strikes is because the laws and the, the the infrastructure of how things are written where people are being paid legally it is no longer applicable to the current status. And so the entire industry needs to strike in order for their demands to be met by the people who are paying their bills, Mm -hmm. who are the studios. Yes. Like showrunners are still writers. Like, as as I said before, so they are on strike as well. Yeah, And and, uh, just to, you know, just to add on to the residuals, like Mm -hmm. I've seen like checks of people getting residuals that are like for a penny. Back in the day when shows were still like they'd get sold into syndication, it was like magical. It's like once you hit season four, everybody's like, we're all getting paid. So yep. it's like because that's when things would get sold into syndication. And syndication is when shows are repeated on other networks that isn't the original network. Like I f- feel like right now, like Friends, Friends, The Office, Modern Family. SVU, all like Vampire Diary, yeah, like, like that was like all international shows things that, that have spanned yeah. everywhere. And it's like if you were a writer on those shows back in the day, you're still getting checks from that and big like thousand dollar checks, thousands yeah. of dollars of checks. Like you could retire now. Writers can't retire, which is so messed up. And the other thing that like people think of like, oh well, they should be getting all of these fat checks. I'm like. So the point of residuals is not so someone does one job and then never has to work Mm -hmm. again. It's so that they can pay for the time that it takes before they get another job. And the issue with streaming as well, like with the smaller time frame windows, 
people are being signed into like relatively exclusive things for short periods of time and then they can't look for work at the Mm -hmm. same time or afterwards. And so then it's like, well, I didn't make enough money to not have a job after this. And like, but also like the the show is still providing entertainment. So who's who should be making money off of it? Like you're still if if I'm scrolling, I'm not scrolling. If I'm flipping, which was a thing, we don't really do Mm -hmm. that anymore. But flipping through the channels and I land on an old episode of like Modern Family, then like someone should be you're you're being entertained for by it. So somebody should be getting paid. Yeah. And the high cost of living. I think a lot of people see like the requirements for this and for like or or what people are asking for to be paid. Like a livable wage in Los Angeles is very different than a livable wage in other places. And then you also have to like half the check is gone because you Mm -hmm. have to. You have people out. Yes, you have to pay your agent, your manager, your lawyer, depending on what it was, the PR person, taxes, like you and your dues to the Mm -hmm. gills, too. You keep your take home less than half of what? Probably 30 to 25 to 30 percent. Yep. So writers aren't asking for if they write a single episode that they never have to work again. Mm And they can fly private. It's like people are worried. Like everyone's like, no one is writing good shit anymore. And it's like, okay, <laughs> creativity also requires like time and like work uh-huh. at it. And it's and writers are also. It's not just like one episode that they're writing. They're in the writers' room. Like even if their name does not appear on the episode, they've still contributed by sharing ideas, punching up the script. Yep. Like there's still like a lot that goes into writing that doesn't include that one script that your name was on. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I mean, there's so much I can talk about, but this is just the last thing is then people making this comparison to like, why should I support writers when like teachers aren't getting paid? Nurses aren't getting paid. Like they're not the same. It's not connected. Like everyone should be getting paid. Yeah. Teachers should be getting paid. Nurses should be getting paid. Anybody that is underpaid should be getting paid. Yep. And if we all rise up together and support any type of union, any type of person that's not making the money that they should be made, then that's only great for everyone else. So don't compare it to other things. Yeah. Writer's salaries aren't going to be taken out of teacher's salaries. Like none of these things, like the whole goal is like less bajillionaires and that's who we're asking to be paid. Mm -hmm. Like we're not asking for anyone to pay for this who isn't reaping the benefits of the billions of dollars they're making off of it. Right. So, yeah, there's been a lot of frustration I've I've seen. And there's a lot of like misconceptions I've seen just about this in general. Like something, a a thread that spurred up from this was like someone was like talking about the ridiculous prices, uh, the ridiculous costs of like celebrity hair and makeup. And they were like, well, you know, they just fuck over like the small, like the the new actors because like, you know, celebrities don't pay for their hair and makeup like their agencies pay for it melissa what people think that the same way when you have a record deal your label pays for you know they pay for shit because they're investing in that and when you have a record when you have a record deal they basically like they you have a, an artist fund so they like pay for all of this shit like you, that's when you get like the tv makeover but even and that money they is recoup coming off, all the money yes. that you've made but if you don't fulfill your contract and you don't make any money they let you go and you're yes. you're done you don't have to pay that money back mm-hmm. but that's why you, the deals are incredibly long because they need you to pay it back people think that it's the same way when you sign with an agency when you're an actor there's so many writers that were recently at the emmys and they talked about how their bank accounts were in the yeah. negative they 
were literally there with money that they had borrowed. They borrowed the clothes that they were wearing. And like some of them had like just applied for waiter jobs and Mm -hmm. things like that because they can't make ends meet. People think if they know who they are and they have visibility, they recognize their face. If they're a working actor, they're a working writer. They're on things that you know of that they're not the ones we have to worry about. It's the ones we don't know about Mm -hmm. yet. Uh Uh-uh. The people, I'm telling you right now, like if you're spending a fuck ton of money to be a writer or an actor in LA without any, any jobs, that's on, that's your choice. Once you get a job, you have to spend a fuck ton of money to keep that job. Yep. And that's the part, like if I've booked something and I'm working on something, I'm making less money. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And I'm like, gonna have to make this up. Like, yep, this is a big pay cut and it's going to be hard. And that's yeah, wild. You know, and you've, you and I have had the conversation about how like my ultimate dream, well, not dream job, because I do not dream of working, but like the within the confines of capitalism. Yes. With my dream job within the confines of capitalism, I was going to take a job that was paying way, 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 way below. Who knows if it was even a legally what you were allowed to do us but it's, it was what's, but it's you know uh-huh, they and it was under one of these big corporations and they ended up like not doing the program but like I was willing to do that and it would have been hard but like that's how I would have been able to even get my pinky toe in the door yep so it's just it's just wild and catch me outside I will be picketing i think SAG will be SAG is the Actors Guild. I think it'll be next because the Writers Guild was actually going to like strike in in 2020. But because of the pandemic, they held off and were negotiating in good faith, Mm -hmm. hoping that within the pandemic time that, you know, the studios would come around and they didn't. So here we are. And SAG, it's the same thing. And also I saw your SAG president, was out picketing with yep. the WGA and she had, she looked gorgeous, by the way. She, I don't know. I <laughs> give that woman a, a clothing line. Like, Friend I buy Usher, all like, of it. Beautiful. Yeah. The, the stuff she was saying, I was like, I feel like she's going to take that same energy to SAG. I, I hope so. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Like, it's wild to think about, like, wanting to book a job, but knowing if I book a job, it's gonna be like less money and like anyone can like look it up like the sag day rate is a thousand dollars and eighty a thousand and eighty two dollars a day which people are like that's a no thirty percent ten percent gone five percent gone mm-hmm. and that's if you don't have a business manager yep so and that all comes off the top it's not like you don't see that money you, you don't, don't pay see that out. you don't even it, not it doesn't IOU. even get sent to you and you don't even see those checks for a minute too because it has to go through your agency yep it, uh, it goes through a lot of fucking people. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time it gets to you, that's like $400. Yeah. but And also you have to keep in mind, too, that that's not consistent work. So. No. That could be like two days of work. And that's the two days that you work the whole fucking year. Yep. And you have to pay your dues to mm-hmm. maintain being in there. And then also if you don't work enough hours. You, you lose don't healthcare. you lose your health care and you have to pay out of pocket for your health care. Like I have not clocked in enough SAG hours in like the last three years, mm-hmm. obviously. So I've pay have to pay out of pocket for that to match it. But yeah, like I, I had Nickelodeon residuals years and years ago and it would be like 
I don't know, like $10, $20. Like it's nothing. And for a movie, it's exponentially more. And that's a movie and you do not make more residuals. No. But I make more residuals because I'm an EP on the movie. If I was just an actor, I would make next to nothing. And this is, it's no And to compare, that. my uncle was a background actor on a movie that filmed in Arkansas in like the late 80s. And he's still making money off that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He gets checks like every quarter from SAG. It's a shit show. So people aren't picketing. In most cases, you'll rarely ever see a union picketing for excess. Yeah. So that's a good rule of thumb just to know. And like, you know, writers union stands with like the teachers union stands Mm -hmm. with like Teamster union, like unions stand together. It's like we all benefit from this. But yeah. So obviously I agree with everything <laughs> we've talked about this yeah at length on our own and there's just so there's so much there's, to talk about yeah i could talk about it forever like yeah. the takes on twitter piss me off you know i was gonna come at my hot take with kind of a rant with something that was a little bit more like philosophical it was like you know really introspective that i saw on tiktok really made me think and you know what i thought i don't want to think okay i want to talk about something that i really care about and I have no, I think I know kind of where you stand on this. And this is a bold claim. Here's the thing. Sometimes I surprise you. I know. And then sometimes you lie. So (laughs) I am a sauce girl. I love sauce. For Uh me, everything, a vehicle for the sauce. Pizza, more sauce. Pasta, more sauce. If it was socially acceptable and I didn't have acid reflux, I would do, give me sauce and meatballs. I don't need the fucking pasta. Like I'm I am not, the, the bread is a vehicle for whatever the fuck is on the bread. Bagel, same thing. I, everything is a vehicle. So no, as a saucy, an ambassador for sauce, a sauce ambassador. She loves the pink sauce. That is a lie. And I <laughs> warned you, I told you she was a liar. <laughs> I'm calling you a truther. I have decided after much deliberation to crown the most underrated sauce of all time. Okay. And I, I can I tell you what the most overrated sauce is of all time? Yeah. Ranch. Come at me. Hard fucking agree. Ranch. That's not a sauce. That is a murky liquid. I don't know what that is out. Okay. Continue. A salad dressing is not a sauce. Ranch people just got a little too like they, they were like, I'm gonna put sour putting it. It's it's I, I can't ranch I, is the Windex of the sauce community. Where it doesn't, Windex doesn't actually get your windows that clean. No, but you, people will be like, put it on a bug bite, mm-hmm. put it on this. And you're like, who is paying big Windex? Windex thinks they're Vic's favorite rub and they could never. <laughs> <laughs> so my title, who I am crowning the most underrated sauce okay. of the universe, uh-huh. Hollandaise. You know where I stand I know. on this. You already knew before it started. Because we've talked, because I find the way to bring up eggs benedict all the time because Mm -hmm. it's a huge part of who i am like eggs benedict is like one of my core values it is one of my pillars integrity cuntiness and eggs benedict 1 30 a.m today okay technically night because i hadn't gone to sleep you know i have a hard time with i know but i'm just saying i hadn't gone to sleep yet so yeah 1 30 a.m i was looking up french restaurants because eggs benedict is kind of like a staple in french but i yeah. was like i need them to make gluten free uh-huh i came up short but just know that's what i was doing at 1 30 a.m and when the hollandaise itch comes mm-hmm. you, you gotta, gotta scratch, scratch it. it melissa 
I've decided put that some this, it puts some fucking Windex on it. Throws a, I'm not even, Vicks Vaporub is actually does a lot of good. It does. Here's the thing. I'm going to learn how to do it. Like I've actually decided like it's really important to me that like I'm going to figure out how to fucking give us what we deserve, which is a dairy free, gluten free eggs Benedict and eggs Benny. I like my mm-hmm. close personal friend, Benny. But like hollandaise sauce I've made before when I I've made it before, like a, a good amount of times. It's not easy. There's a reason why it's not used all the time. But like it's an we love aioli. Sauce. We hear about aioli all the time. But like, why the fuck is hollandaise not on anything else? A bechamel? I don't need it. I can I can I can I, like I can take or leave a bechamel. But- you swap in a hollandaise? Where the fuck is hollandaise spending the rest of hollandaise is like hollandaise has one one gig a weekend a brunch and then the whole week off it's similar to how we feel about cocktail sauce we had this conversation before cocktail cocktail sauce sauce. and hollandaise need to get together and be like why the fuck are we so widely Mm underappreciated we are a transformable tell me that you wouldn't dip a french fry in hollandaise sauce and i have delicious but like why is that not a fucking option why you know I, this is one of the things i actually don't even know what goes into Egg, making hollandaise butter i figured it was both of those it's a lot of emulsifying like in a blend like of a, course yeah lemon, lemon juice, juice so, dijon salt cayenne oh this is it's not hard but it's, it's, not, it's the ingredients are simple these are like everyday ingredients but it takes you know yeah you have to emulsify a, it a little because it's hot butter and it's lemon lemons acidic and so you know you there's room to go wrong between cooking of the egg like the Mm -hmm. all of those things so i understand why at a restaurant you can't make it in bulk no i get that but like basic ass ranch you can make ranch from a dry packet and then you mix water in Mm -hmm. those people need to be stopped you just blend up some cottage cheese and then put it in i'm waiting for the day that you know how people go you give someone a dry packet and they go i can make that into a pancake i'm fucking waiting till they make a ranch protein pancake someone's done it yes 100 percent. and here hollandaise is sitting pretty gorgeous beautiful supple mm-hmm. lush just sitting there going i'm right here you heathens so yeah justice for hollandaise sauce hollandaise Miss Holly girl, how do we get you in front of the right people? We got to add this to our list of... Call up Big Kale. Yeah. Big Kale knows what to do. Kale drizzled with some hollandaise? What's that? Anything. Like, how good? Yeah. I want to know if any other cultures, any other countries, do you put hollandaise sauce on other things? Mm-hmm. Like, is this just America has not, is not to that place yet? Or wherever you are across, is this a global issue? Yeah, I would like to know. So then I know... British you people, you can sit that out. But like I'm good. <laughs> um, everybody else, let me know. Let us know. Wow, Food and Wine did an article, six ways to get more hollandaise in your life. Mm. Yeah, the only other time I've ever had it was on salmon, but that's because it was at like an I don't know, a fucking Easter brunch some some brunch or a graduation brunch, and they was serving eggs benedict, and I go, so they obviously just threw the extra sauce on there. Mm-hmm. So if hollandaise sauce has one fan, it's me. If they have no fans, I'm She's dead. She's dead. But I'm still here, so Holly, that's a lie. There's a love that, an undying love I have for you since I was a legitimate child. Well, you're not wrong. It's a delicious, delicious sauce. Oh my God, I can't stop looking at pictures of it. I need to saw. Thank you. Let's take a commercial break. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. 
and I, I, I love, I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. It is time for But Are You Wrong, where we read your email submissions, where you send us a predicament, a situation in your life, and you say, am I the hero or the villain? Actually, you say at the end, but am I, am, am I wrong? Am I wrong for this? And we tell you if you are wrong. So if you would like to participate and be on an upcoming episode, it is obviously all anonymous. We do not read your email address or your name or anything like that. You can send it to butamiwrongpod at gmail.com. I did have to click the little icon in the corner to confirm that was the email address we have. 
And we ask that you keep it under 300 words. You give people fake names, pseudonyms, but you include all relevant information. So we can accurately judge you in the court of our Melissa law. and Megan. Yep. Writer number one. I, 29, she, her, am a mom with a one-year-old. I've gone out of my comfort zone to find mom friends and have actual and have actually had success. Recently, I made mom friends at my gym. Everybody's making friends at the gym lately. I know. One of them, 36, she, her, frequently talks about her bad marriage, lack of friends, and how she resents her second daughter. Relatable. Except I'm the only one. Continue. Overall, she's going through a really hard time. She mentioned that her birthday was this summer, how her husband never does anything for her birthday, and how upsetting that was. I had previously told her that I wanted to do a summer barbecue where kids, parents, and also friends without kids could come hang out because it would be a good way to do a mom hang that includes our kids. I asked if she wanted me to plan it for the same day as her birthday so that she definitely had plans on her B-Day. She said she would really like that. I invited about 40 of my friends, one of which is our mutual friend, and a majority said that they were excited and wanted 10. She messaged me the next day saying her husband actually made plans for her birthday, asking if I would change the date. I told her I already invited everyone, but that I was happy her husband made plans for them and that I hoped she was having a great day. She is upset that I won't change the date. Am I wrong for not changing the date of the barbecue? What are we calling summer? Yeah, it's not summer yet. No. But some people, they're like, as soon as the tips hit a certain temperature, they're like, because... I don't know where this person's located, but I know that you've been in California, so the temperature's pretty steady. But yeah. in other parts of the country, when it's like definitely got hot, they're like it's summertime. Oh, see, for me, I still behave unless it's unless I would be out of high school. I'm not. It's not summer yet. Like you treat it as to when you get out of summer. Ex- yeah, no, that's actually legitimately the whole thing. Yeah. Were you labeling this party as her birthday party? Is my question. Was it just was it labeled as a barbecue that you were just having and then you were just going to celebrate it for her birthday? Or were you labeling this a birthday party because it was just a barbecue and nobody knew it was her birthday, but it was just on her birthday? Then you weren't wrong. I mean, people were coming. They have already RSVP'd. I'm sure you probably had already bought food and things for it. But if it was specifically her birthday, then yes, you were wrong. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I would need to I need to know how far in advance this is. And again, like Melissa said, like, did the people invited, did they know it was her birthday? And I think my other caveat was, were you going to buy her a cake and were people going to sing happy birthday for her? Because it sounds like she has a really bad marriage, a lack of friends, and he might be finally doing one thing for her. But this was the thing that, she probably was actually looking forward to more. Yeah. And so now it's gone. She could make more friends. Yeah. So I think it, like, I think if it was, you know, like I'm actually, I'm having this, I guess that's the date I'll pick because it's your, your birthday. That to me, it also, depending on how toxic her marriage is, her husband could have found out that. And then he decided to take that away from her. So the planning of it. So like, I think I would have zero issue on the, if I was receiving an invite, for it that it was like oh actually you know we were also celebrating a birthday this day it's actually we're not gonna do this day we're gonna do this day instead i would have no issue as a guest attending it i think that not rescheduling it if you haven't already bought every you know what i mean like if you wouldn't be out money 
and like food would expire and like plans, like people had already, like if you hadn't done, if you wouldn't financially be in the red from, or you would, wouldn't make, you would lose money from doing this. I don't think that you gain anything from not rescheduling, except like on the principle of not rescheduling. Right. Like, I just think like sometimes life isn't so cut and dry of like, well, I already invited these other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that as a guest of that, I would, I understand that like life happens and things don't always go exactly the, the that plan. And I'm very happy to be, be flexible when I'm just a guest enjoying a birthday I, I'm, or a, a barbecue. Like I don't have a lot riding on it versus someone who that might've been a, a really big thing for them and support system wise. Yeah. Like I can be there any day. Like, and even if not, then it's that's okay but I think this is the issue when you start combining occasions Uh yeah so like was she just going to be the guest or a guest of honor you know the difference also like summer just started so like unless you're in a different country where we're completely off with seasons and it's you know just a different time you know you know what I mean yeah but they're not having summer right now either I can't is there another one besides Australia does someone I don't know if you, I can't. That's too much for me to think about. But regard, like, yeah. why not throw another one? Yeah. This you have said that she's she's definitely like going through it. So mm-hmm. I think you kind of you can't really look at it through like your own personal how you would behave and like the logic kind of lens. Like when someone like needs community and they feel like the community is it doesn't feel like they're rallying around them. It feels like they're being tacked on and will continue on without them that can feel really hard. It's not rational, but it's like sometimes just happens. Yep. So I am going to have to say conditionally, I think you would be wrong if this is done on the principle and not because you've spent all of this money and like you can't actually reschedule and it's like the day day before, two days before. And then I would think you were wrong if this is weeks in advance and people knew that they were celebrating her. That would be mine. Mm-hmm. But without those details, I'm flip-flopping. Okay. Next up. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I have a friend I'm super close to named Ella. She, her. Ella's in a relationship with Sean, he, him, for almost a year. Ella and Sean's relationship started getting pretty rocky because he's being shady and so she confided in me. There's a group of girls that I grew up with that work with Sean and also know Ella. They're also fully aware of their relationship, by the way. And one of these girls, Sammy, posted on her close friends a video of Sean getting close with another girl, Faye, at a lounge. By close, I mean they were cuddled up in a booth together. I'm not on Sammy's close friends list, but one of the other girls we grew up with, Hannah, showed me the video and asked me if I can let Ella know what her man was up to. I told her what happened with all of the details included, and she confronted Sean. Sean was focused on who was recording him and who told her what was going on, and she did share that information with him, and he got mad at Sammy for posting the video. Sammy told Hannah, and they were both upset at me for sharing the information with Ella. Hannah was upset that I told her where I got the information from because she was just trying to avoid this mess. I don't think I was wrong because I think Sammy was being a mean girl by posting the video and just didn't think Ella would have found out what happened. I also know for certain that if one of the other girls were in, who's Elias? Oh, Ella. (laughs) We're in Ella's position. I would have shared the same information with them because we all deserve to know when our boyfriend is acting shady. All of the childhood girls are making me seem like I'm being the bad guy for quote unquote snitching on Sammy to Ella. So please let me know if I'm wrong in this situation if I'm being, or if I'm being gaslit. FYI, I forgot to mention, this is one of the reasons that Ella and Sean have broke up. It was her final straw. I do not think you're wrong at all. Like, I agree with you that you like stood by, like, I think a great litmus test for this is 
would I have done, would I have wanted someone to do this for me? And would I have done this for anyone else in this position? And you said yes. So, you know, here's the thing. I will say though, Sammy posted it on- Sammy's a bad friend. Yeah, Sammy's starting shit and then Sammy's acting like, oh my God, the house is on fire. Like, just because I lit the match, like, what do you mean? It's like, that's very, I do not respect that. Like, I respect people who like want to cause chaos, want to cause drama, but like, own it. Don't be like, my hands are clean and you're like covered in paint. You're like, literally no, at least own that. So to me, like, that's inconsequential to me. And that's someone who I'm like, okay, cool. I don't trust you. I will say the loyalty for the Hannah thing. If you're going to use names, specific names, like where you heard something, that is comes into play of who's who do you value more and who's who who needs to value your word at that point more because if it's irrelevant if she's not going to act on the information without knowing like at sometimes I'm like I'm not going to tell you where I heard this I'm not going to I'm not going to rat someone else out but also are Hannah and Ella friends though because if Hannah and Ella are friends then I'm snitching on Hannah because she should have told Ella. No, that's a group of girls I grew up with okay. that work with Sean. They're fully aware of the relationship. So yes, I Hannah agree. said, let Ella know. And I think it's unspoken to be like, please don't say that it was, don't say that she got that from me. Because like, you know, you don't have to, you shouldn't know what, you shouldn't be held accountable for the actions your friends do. So for her, she's probably not like, I don't want this to come back to me because like I'm telling you and like I love my, she might love Sammy as a friend and be like, she's going through some tough times. I don't agree with her decisions, but like, I'm not trying to blow up this friendship. Like, you know, I've had friends who've done messy things and I'm like, I don't co-sign it, but it fucking happened. Growing, learning, improving, moving on. So I think there is a a level of not sharing where you got information from. I don't think someone has to tell you, like, don't say you heard that from me. But at a certain point, if I'm closer with one side of it and I I, I know going into it, if I'm going to use someone's name who told me that, that, if I say anyone's name, I always assume it, it, there's a high likelihood of it getting back to them. And that has to be OK with me. You know? Yeah, agree. The only thing I think you did wrong was mention the name. But everything yeah. else, exactly what you should have done. And Sammy's a bitch. Yeah. So I would say the childhood friends, like th- to me, the reaction of like the blowing up that you're at fault for this. I'm like, cool. I don't trust you now. So I'm going to do not I'm not going to be in a situation with you. Like I don't co-sign this like again friends have done stupid things but if a friend then gets blames me for their stupid decision and they can't own up to it or want to improve like that's not my problem yeah so i don't think you're wrong (sighs) all right and next one dear megan and melissa you spelt my name wrong but i digress everyone in this story is in their mid-20s and we're in grad school together Mallory, cis, woman of color, and I were at a group dinner and we started talking about a girl we didn't like, Allie, which Mallory had referred to as the adopted girl. For context, I'm an adopted cis woman of color and it's taken a lot for me to move beyond self-hatred and my identity issues growing up. Mallory turns to another girl, Kaylee. I need you to stop using E names, Kaylee, Mallory, Allie. Mm. I'm confused already. Mallory turns to another girl, Kaylee, to whisper something about Allie. I hear, so I ask her to repeat. It was something that her friend, John, not present, white male, said seeing Allie in public saying, maybe she's out looking for her parents. I tell her that's not funny and others try to defuse things saying John isn't American that just not 
that's just not PC humor. After the weekend, it's still bothering me. So I text Mallory saying I was hurt. She repeated the quote unquote joke. She apologized for sharing it, but that she's not taking accountability for the original statement. I text going forward. I'd also highly encourage you to call that kind of stuff out. I know it's hard, but it's disappointing for someone in our profession to say that. She texts back how patronizing that was. Not to tell her what to do or to assume she can't speak up. She defends John, saying he does anti-racist work in his home country, and she's proud to call him a friend. She asks if I'm going to confront the others since she wasn't the only one laughing and ends with, I'd highly encourage you to never tell me what to do again. That sounds like a threat. Am I wrong for the way I handled this when I meant that I want people to be allies in these situations? Sensitive, but willing for some tough love. You don't need it. You handled this so maturely. Oh, my God. That. I commend you for that because I would not be the same. I'm fully violent. I'm not. Yeah. Like that was no joke. That was like such a mature way to say things. And they're the immature ones. They're the ones that didn't handle the situation well. And then Mallory's still still defending it and defending John and then putting it on the fact that he does not live in this whatever this country is that y'all both live in. This is so fucked up. I genuinely like this to me. Obviously, I know this is like this is like the level of mean that you write about a character who's irredeemed. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is one of the this is a thing that like you say one sentence that a person says, I don't need to hear their backstory. I don't need to hear anything about them. I don't need to know anything else to make. You're a horrible person. Yes. Like this is a group of horrible people that that just enable each other. And there's there's a a bucket of things, single singular phrases, sentences you can say that make me go, you're a lost, kick you off the side of the fucking earth. Like, no, I don't, not, let me sit, like, the fact that you were even willing to call her out and ask her to do better. Call her in. Call, yeah, exactly. Call her in and ask her to do better is so fucking big of you. The fact that they felt comfortable saying this, like I, we talk about on this, like inside, th- this is not even an inside thought. No. The idea that you would string these things together, like these never in my life could I fathom, like, so what? what? Yes. Like it's not even, and I'm sure, and I, I without a doubt, no, because I, I grew up with kids who were, whether their families were foster families or they grew up in foster homes, like. There's people making comments about people who are adult and all of that kind of stuff. But like the, she said, I, I'd highly encourage you to never tell me what to do again. That sounds like a threat to me. Like, cause, and if I do, then what, then what? Do? So like the whole thing, all of this, all of the, the mockery and the laughing, like this to me, these people sound like a danger. This, this is not just harmless language or offensive. Like this is a level of bullying that, does not end well. This is heinous. Yeah. People who are going to like spew hateful, bigoted shit and things that are like so vile. A lot of the time, like you, you don't, you can't see what someone's sexuality is. You can't see what someone's 
gender is. You can't see what someone's race is in like a in like a cut and dry sort of way. And so you can say things and not know that you're offending the audience who's legitimately right there. And that's but those for knew. being that's what I'm so it, that goes for being adopted as well. And they knew that a like I can't even imagine laughing. No. I would be like, did I miss what did you like Where was where's the, the punchline? Like what the fuck? No, no. I'm curious because y'all are in grad school and you didn't mention what you're studying. Oh, I was gonna ask if I missed it. But this sounds like an ethics issue to me. I would report it. And I I'm a snitch, as y'all know. A snitch all the time. As you should. Because I believe in the betterment of all. And if they're going into a profession where it's not ethically, I mean, this is just wrong period. It's not ethically sound in any way, but if the specific profession that you're in, and I'm guessing because you did, you mentioned it, I'd report it to the ethics committee. I would report it to the ethics ethics committee and I'm going to level with you. I, I, I'm someone who awkward laughs in situations. I if, I think you should report everyone who was there and everyone who laughed. Mm-hmm. If I was there and I felt uncomfortable and didn't have a voice to speak up and I laughed I and everyone got called in, I would be fine with someone else calling me in yeah. and then being able to sit there and be like, I was really uncomfortable. Like, yep. If that was me, as someone who uncomfortably laughs, can I control it? No. Do I take responsibility when I do it in inappropriate situations? Yeah. If someone's, yes, that is all. Sometimes I just laugh because I don't want to actually hear what people are saying. Exactly. And, and I might not have heard what was said, mm-hmm. but- when it's presented to me and and the situation arises, I'll be like, I actually yeah. didn't hear what was said. I take responsibility mm-hmm. for laughing. I did that, but I do not stand for that at all. Yeah. And if I face consequences for that, that's, you know, I would rather someone on the chance that I had done it with malicious intent. I don't know everybody else's. So I'm glad that anyone else who I was with wasn't removed from that because we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So report everyone. And these sound like actually horrible people. And I would report the fact that like, you know, Allie's, <laughs> I can't be racisting for John on John's behalf. And this is really, really, really horrific. Yeah. It's bad because it's also, these aren't anonymous people. And so. Mm-hmm. These are people you're going to see every yeah. day. So like you see, you see heinous comments on things that, on TikTok and things like that and like they've just these people have just told you with like fucking sirens and flares that like they are not a safe place for you and they're not a safe place for a a lot of other people and you did more than enough and they deserve to be reprimanded for this yep all right your turn hey gals i'm wondering if i would be wrong if i reached out to my neighbor and told them to stop idling outside my window my boyfriend and i live on a ground level in a three-story building our unit is kind of basement vibes with the windows being basically in line with the ground from the outside right outside our main window our neighbor parks their car about three meters to the side this is fine however they tend to spend a lot of time in their car with it on they literally just sit there in it for two to three hours then they come back inside It's super weird, but it's the noise and the idea of the exhaust coming straight into our apartment that bothers me. We have thin windows and the noise is quite loud. 
During the winter, I guess I kind of understood keeping it running in order to stay warm, but now that it's not cold out, I'm not sure why it has to be on. Would I be wrong if I said to do it on the street farther down from our building? Am I wrong for caring what people do outside my apartment? Is that why I pay less to live on the ground floor? Thanks for listening. I mean, is it the reason why you pay less to live on the ground floor? Yes, but you're well within your rights to be like, hey, this is kind of loud. Could you, because it's not, yeah, I don't, given street noise. I don't think you can say anything about like the exhaust. I think the noise, yes, especially if it's after a lot of cities have like a quote unquote like curfew time or time where you can't have loud noise. And especially if they live in your apartment yeah. complex, there's usually like quiet hours starting around like 11 or mm-hmm. something, depending on what time of week it is. So like, I think you can definitely like there are laws and, and yeah. rules in place for the noise, but not specifically for the exhaust. No, I think you need, I agree with that. I think you need a vibe check. So like where, how are you going to come about it? Because I think if this is a person who like, you know, maybe you've seen them in the elevator, like, you know, they seem cool. I would probably start with being like, hey, so I like, we live on the ground floor and I know that you probably have like zero idea. Like our windows are like relatively low, but it would be awesome if you could just like pull your car up a little bit. Just the sound and the exhaust, it comes like right into like the room. Like I mm-hmm. genuinely like don't care. Like, but like maybe this far up, it would be so much more helpful because for me, if I'm that person, that's a really quick and easy fix. Yeah. And I would try that and highly likely that they'll be like, oh, my bad, had no clue. Because when I'm in my, that's why people pick their nose in their cars. They have no idea that anyone yeah. else is aware of, they think it's a little box of privacy. And then if that doesn't happen, then I would use the yeah. noise aspect. And most people don't even know how Long loud, yeah. how, how oh, yeah. loud it is inside their car. Yeah. Especially like when I'm driving down the street and people take a phone call that comes through their speaker, I can hear their whole goddamn conversation. I hope you didn't sign an NDA because I'm I, aware of everything that's yes. going on right now. Yeah. And I don't I don't think most people know no. just how loud it is outside the car. I have I'm surprised it's not going right now. But yesterday at this time, my neighbors. Oh, yeah. Started playing 80s power ballads. Hmm. So loud. Wonder what kind of day they were having. Yeah. But and I'm thinking if they're sitting in their car two to three hours, they're probably avoiding someone that they live with. Need some me time might be decompressing. Might be crying. Yeah. Like this is like probably their time. Mm hmm. So, like, just let them know that, that that I'm sure if they're going through something like mentally and they yeah. just need to be away from people, they probably have no clue what they're doing. Yes. And they were if you if you come to them in a respectful way, they'll mm-hmm. respect you. I can't even stress you how common this is in L.A. Mm-hmm. I recently realized from like a like I think it was a Reddit thread that this is not common in other a lot of other places. This is big city like people. You're in tra- you people sit in their cars for hours after they get home. I do. I've always done that. Yeah. I've all. I, I've literally when I think I've talked about this before. When I was in college, if I just needed a break, yeah. I would drive to Walmart because it was open twenty four hours and it was safe. Mm-hmm. So I just sit in my car. And one time, one of my friends' friends who I wasn't friends with saw me and like told them like to check on me because they're like, I don't know check if Melissa's okay. No, like I was perfectly yeah, fine, but, but like. But it's just like sitting in your car is mm-hmm. just a thing. Like it, yeah. it feels it's a way for you to feel like that you're by yourself without actually and being out in the open without actually being out in the open. It's like a little private. Yeah. But it's still secluded enough. 
it's like a the, it's like a weighted blanket of a safe space because it's not like your apartment which you look around and you're like either you have roommates there or it's messy or you have to clean like mm-hmm. there's no responsibilities in your car there might be children inside yep. they're not ready to see it you just you're listening yeah. you're you're fit you're you're decompressing and it's like a car is a safe a car is like a shower it's this it's the goal is the safe place mm-hmm. and so this to me is a very relatable thing and like Melissa said if you're sitting in your car for two to three hours you are in your own world. I've done it. We've all done it. You're not aware of the effect. And I do not want to hurt. I don't want to harm anyone. So yeah. kindness, I'll totally, totally change it up. Also, idling in some places is not legal, like for longer than like 20 minutes. So I would also look into that because I wouldn't go at them like this is against the law, but just know that like idling can be because it's, endangerment to like it's an environmental thing because they're just sitting in the car with the exhaust going yeah well it also depends if it's an electric yeah but if the exhaust is going oh that is (laughs) good point melissa very good point Uh, yeah i think like knowing the fact that like you're not in the wrong legally is a good thing to know in the, the back of your pocket so you can come at the initial interaction like really chill because it's going to get fixed yeah but it's much better to get fixed in a chill way. Mm-hmm. So know that it will get done. And the best way to do that is non-judgmental. You can even lie and be like, okay, so I do this all the time too. I totally get it. Like, and you, I lying about to make other people feel better in that way. And Bert, I'm creating a, something that I've done that I haven't, where it's like, I, you know, my, I used to do that right in front of a place. And my boyfriend had told me like, oh, the exhaust gets in here. And now that I'm home, I'm feeling that too. So like, I just go over here, like super easy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we're, Worked in this together, mm-hmm. comrades. All right. Well, that is it. So we're going to take a break now. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Now we're uh, back from our break and it's time for But Are They Wrong? And that's when we pick somebody in the zeitgeist in the world who is wrong about something. And this week, my pick is Corey Richens. It's spelled K-O-U-R-I. So Corey wrote this book called Are You With Me? Which is a picture book she wrote to help children cope after the death of a loved one so she appeared on good things utah which is a local news station and she called her husband's death unexpected and described how it sent her and her three boys reeling so for the children since they were grieving she wrote this book making sure that their spirit is always alive in her home and so the book is about explaining to kids just like just because the dad isn't present, then he's still or physically there with them, that he's still there. And the anchors really commended her on being a good husband. I'm so worried every time you start this shit. I'm like, what the fuck are you about to say next? I like to carefully craft I know. These. It's terrifying, Melissa. Prosecutors allege. <gasps> Uh-oh. Prosecutors are involved. That in the middle of the night. No. In March of 2022. No. Corey called authorities and let them know that her husband, Eric, was cold to the touch. And she told the officers that she had made her husband a mixed vodka drink to celebrate him selling a home and then went to soothe one of their children to sleep in their bedroom. And then she later returned and upon finding her husband unresponsive, she called 911. A medical examiner later found five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. They believe that she was the one Shocker. that poisoned him, essentially. And in addition to the murder charge, she's also facing charges involving p- possessing GHB, which is a mm-hmm. narcolepsy drug frequently used in recreational settings, including dance clubs. Detectives found evidence that she had communicated with a person who has previously been charged for possession of controlled substances with the intent to distribute. And all this was broken by the same news station that she had gone on to to promote this book. So she texted this person to ask them for some prescriptions for pain medication and then and said that she had like an injury and then she contacted them again for some hydrocodone and about 
Two weeks later, Corey said her investor wanted something strong. So she was telling this person she was getting drugs from that it was for like somebody she knew for an investor and then said that he, that she wanted something stronger, like, quote unquote, some of the Michael Jackson stuff asking specifically for fentanyl. So it is believed that she was giving him these different drugs and was not with these vodkas that she was fixing for him and he wasn't dying. So she had to not at the speed she wants. No. Oh my God. Yeah. She said that three days after she got the fentanyl, she and her husband had a Valentine's Day dinner in which he became very ill. A probable cause statement read, Eric believed that he had been poisoned. Eric told a friend that he thought his wife was trying to poison him. So she was arrested this past Monday, like yesterday, <laughs> from when we're recording in Utah and is accused of charging documents of poisoning her husband with lethal dose of fentanyl at their home in some city in Utah, Camas, I think, a small mountain town near Park City. According to a probable cause statement, the victims told a friend that he thought his wife was trying to kill him. What was the turnaround for the book? Um, I think the book recently came out because she was just out promoting it. Yeah. And uh, he died in March of 2022. So about a year. Self-published? I don't know. Because, you know, the, this getting cracked open, to be so bold... As to murder your husband, then write a book and think that nobody's going to be like, hey, you should look into her. Her husband thought that she was going to kill him. And the thing is, is that she's not the first person that no. has written a book and conf basically confessed to it. It's happened numerous times. Well, people... People get too comfortable. And... People Sometimes want just, yeah, they want yeah. credit. Sometimes just shut your fucking mouth. I mean, like, don't kill. I'm people. great. Yeah, don't kill people. Like, like I'm glad that you fucking blabbed. So now that like you're getting caught, but good God, the care for life is just and those poor children. Yeah, holy shit, that's insane. And you know, we can count on you every week to bring us something from the depths of the internet that. I had no idea about. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Fuck that woman. Yeah. Hope those kids are well. Hope they've got family they can go to. Yeah. That's supportive. And not hurt. And not uh, in, on her side. He may, he may have been a horrible person, but. Yeah. He may have been a horrible person, but. It's, it, no. I think that if you kill your pimp preemptively. And it's not in a moment of immediate self-defense. I still think that should be considered self-defense. So in this, when people kill their abusers, if it's not a situation where it's like, oh, their life was on the, like, if your life, if you're with an abuser, your life's threatened every single day. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do that, don't write a book. Don't write a fucking book. Don't write a book. Don't write a book. Listen to any song about women in country killing their abusive husbands. Write the book and burn it. Uh-huh. There's Use other a therapy books. exercise. There's other books about grief that you can uh -huh. share with your children. Yep. Oh, I also should say, I'm sure people want us to talk about this Tart situation. 
we're not going to talk about it because I don't care that much. And of the two of us, I'm really the only one that should be talking about this. But I will say, Cammy, I feel Cammy should know that we talk about her in like every other every show. But she made a great series of videos on TikTok. So go check them out. Yeah. Cammy was telling me she was talking to her sister about something. And then she was like, I don't know. Her sister was saying something. She goes, oh, my God, my friend Megan was doing all this. And she was like, who is this friend Megan you keep talking about? And she was like, oh, and she's like showing her. And she's like, I've never met her. She goes, well, yeah, we probably only hung out like in person like two or three times. And she was like, why? What? And she was like, I don't know. I was like, Cammy, fucking same way about you. I talk yeah. about you all the time. She's like, I'm glad we're on the same page. Oh, OK. So I would like to nominate uh, a TikTok creator, Jen LaForce, who made a video and I'm going to read you the title of this video. The video has since been deleted, but it's been stitched so many times. The video caption, get ready with me. Are English speakers simple-minded? Now, before we get into this, to the people who this will, this might not mean anything to you, but if you understand, this will mean everything to you. She talks about, you know, how she speaks French. Bonjour. She's from Quebec. If you, you know, those who know will know. I've been to Quebec. Yeah, I have lots of friends who've been to Quebec. Mm-hmm. So. And I got along just fine without speaking French. Continue. Uh-huh. So. She made this video about how her and her girlfriend can't communicate. And it's not their fault. It's because English speakers are simple minded. And the exact wording I'm going to play. Have you guys ever heard of the theory on how people who only speak English have a less developed brain? I have no idea. Have you guys heard the theory that people who only speak English have a less developed brain? Not only is that not a theory, not only is that not a fact, it is legitimate bullshit. And she goes on and on and on to talk about all of this goddamn stupid fucking shit that is really just English is your second language. So you it's that English does not have it's a really simple language. It's really easy for anyone to learn. And the issue with English is there's not enough words to really convey how you feel, to communicate like all these other languages. So my girlfriend and I, we both, the language we share together is English and it's hard to communicate because English is lacking the words and the meanings to convey our complex emotions because we're not simple English speaking Americans. And is her girlfriend American? Her girlfriend's first language is Hebrew. They're both in, I want to say they're in Canada. I don't think her girlfriend is American, but her girlfriend's not. She's speaking for her girlfriend. So I don't know if her girlfriend feels the same. I don't want to rope her girlfriend into any of it of like, if this is a statement that she also agrees with. It's wild. So a creator named Woody Ling did a stitch with it basically debunking everything and included all of these clips of what she's saying debunking talking about it and talking about how like this is really 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 fucked up um and then she does a defense video basically Melissa I hate when people are like oh my god not this creator gaslighting us with their response video this she was like I don't know why anyone thought about this and I was like ma'am we saw the video the video, is, she's literally acting like, well, I didn't say that. And everyone's like, roll the tape. She's like, close my eyes, plug my ears. I can't hear anything. La, 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 did not happen. 
And she's saying like, no, no, I didn't say any of those things. Like what I said was that, you know, people in America look down on people who only speak one language when in reality, like those, and everyone's like, well, yeah, that's a statement that anyone who's a monolingual in the United States who then looks down on people who are learning English as their second, third or fourth language. If yeah, that is based in racism. And yeah, no Mm -hmm. one's, no one's against any of that. But you said that they have less people who only speak English have less developed brains. And that, I don't know what the term for it is, but it drives me fucking crazy when people see a statement and therefore go, so the inverse must be true. So something like carrots, this is not like fact, but it's something we've all heard. Carrots make your eyesight better. So then the inverse would be, if you don't eat carrots, your eyesight will be worse. That's not true. The, The idea that if something has a positive or forward moving effect, that if you do not participate in it or the inverse is re- taking you backwards when that's not the case. That's not how fucking statistics work. Like it's like, it's like, it's just not how fucking statistics work or how research works like any of this shit. That's how we get fucking anti-vaxxers. That's mm-hmm. what we, so we're like, well, no, because if it, then it's this. And it goes, no, 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 no. If something improves neurological function, not doing that thing does not decline neurological function. That's not how this fucking works. And the whole thing is absolutely wild. And people were like, uh, okay, they find all the things she's citing. The thing that she says that she's citing, they're not studies. They're people talking about other studies that they've read, which they can't find, but they're published anywhere. And no one is making any definitive claims. They're talking about other theories. And she's making claims, saying that these other people made claims about, and it's like, no one has done any of this except for her. And the way that she's talking, and then she goes, I just like don't know why anyone would be like listening to an influencer on all of this. And they're like, so why'd you make the video? She got caught. It's wild. And I need everybody so badly. I'm begging on my hands and knees. You don't need to make a get ready with me video for every circumstance and situation. Sometimes the, the topic that you want to cover it is not appropriate for you to be like, now I'm going to go in with my rare beauty blush, blah, 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 blah. Now let's talk. Whoa. Whoa. Get ready with me as I go piss on the toilet. It, n- Here are my thoughts on the prison industrial complex. As I piss. Hey, everyone, I'm going to do a contouring story where I tell you why I think reverse racism is real. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to get on here and I'm going to tell you why I believe in the death penalty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here are some sites with some specific people that I'm going to be talking about who I think deserve to die. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Deep breath. Let's process. If you want be like Alex Earl, you want to be like, talk about, let me tell you about the wildest first date I went on while I'm, and, and I pooped my pants. Go for that. Go for that. But the idea that we're, this is not the level of like gossip that is, has been passed down through generations of women and and people who telling stories like bring back gossip without a doubt but please do not put things that are serious in such an unserious manner and talk about it like gossip it's disrespectful yeah and boy oh boy am i not <laughs> am i not shocked when i found out where she's from and the elitism of it and looking down on other people. So, hey, it's not a blanket statement, but I love poutine. You know, I think that when the French look down on people in Quebec speaking French, I think the 
a sadly very true thing that happens. And it doesn't happen just there. It happens everywhere when you're targeted from other people instead of looking at something happening and uplifting other people, you then go, well, who can I then target to make me feel like I've been hazed? We've been bullied for this. So now let me find someone else. Like that doesn't help anyone. You know, like all the comments are like French people being like, oh my God, like the, 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 of course. And I'm like, and instead of being like solidarity, it's let me punch down. And who can I punch down with? Americans. Her whole goal was, I think Americans are stupid. How can I say this in a TikTok? Mm Mm-hmm atrocious. And there's nothing more. I need people desperately. I need people to stop talking about developed versus undeveloped brains who are not professionals in the space speaking in a professional space about it, because you don't have the knowledge to not know when you're spewing medical eugenics. You don't have the credentials to talk about that. Or to read it and to know that like, oh, am I actually talking about underdeveloped? Like, what do you mean by, like, explain. But also I think in her case she knew. That's what I'm, that's what I mean. I mean, like in this thing that you can't, get, but then she goes on, she goes, well, I didn't think anyone watched it. I'm like, but you have followers. If you don't think anybody, if this is across anything when people are like, oh, I didn't expect it to go viral. Don't ever post anything on TikTok that you don't expect to go viral because the way the algorithm works, you never know. It could be. Even if you have 10 followers, that one video that you make that might be a little controversial could go viral. The, I have videos that I'm like, I don't think anyone watch this. And you know what I do? I don't post them because I go, what's the point? Yep. I don't think anyone- I, I post videos all the time that I don't want people to like. I yeah. don't. They're just videos. For me. They're for me. I post them. I know nobody's going to watch them because I I'm not doing this for people to like see things like. Yep. And if I feel like something's a little controversial, I'm not going to post. I make very silly, dumb videos on TikTok. Very dumb. And they're for my own enjoyment. If I'm going to say something that's controversial, it's not like I'm going to be somebody that's going to say something that's going to be controversial. But if I were, I would never post it without thinking no one would see it. Yep. So... Jen LaForce forced me pre-Olympics to hop on my patriotism side. And I'm not prepared to do that. I thought I've already been through it when the British are coming. The British are coming. still are. Now we got to deal with British Chinese food right now. And right now, I just need you to know that I, a lot for my patriotism, every two to four years, depending on what teams I'm rooting for in the Olympics, and it is coming around far too more often for my liking, Collect yourselves, gather yourselves on the internet that I see on my For You page. Bullshit. Disgusting. Jail. Jail. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there is a sense of camaraderie, I feel, as an American, similar to when Kelly Clarkson won American Idol, that when I see the comment seconds and I go, well, here we are, begrudgingly. A moment like this. And on that note, (laughs) that's the end of our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. Please constantly keep submitting your submissions to our email address. And if you see something on TikTok or you see something anywhere or you have an idea you want us to talk about hot take or a rant or someone to nominate, you can always slide into our DMs, tag us on TikTok, Twitter, anywhere on social media. Join our Patreon. Vote for you think was wrong in this episode in the Instagram stories that will be up tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Monday. But, you know, and Fisting Fridays tomorrow. Yeah. Woo! Have a great day. We'll circle back. Goodbye.
But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.